Coming to you from the Windy City. Welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast about all things cloud and enterprise tech. Listen to insights and guest interviews with IT thought leaders and professionals. Now, here's your host, Elias Kanaser. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Let's Talk Shop. I am bringing you some really cool guests, and this guest I have known for many, many years, and he's been around. Steve, I'm going to date you all the way back to the server-based computing and, and ZenApp and the VDI days, but to do a proper introduction, it is my great pleasure to have a friend, um, a leading thought leader in the industry. Steve Kaplan is today the head of channels for Tesla. Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Eli. So I, I was going to say, I date back actually to the OS2 days of, of Citrix and even before that. Good old <laughs> days, right? The, the Ed Yakabuchi days, those were, those were the good days. <laughs> yep. So you're with Tessel. I don't know much about Tessel. So why don't we start? Tell me a little bit about what is, and am I pronouncing it right? Is it Tessel? Does it stand for anything? Yeah, it's pronounced Tessel. It's short for tessellation. Okay. And tessellation is a tile overlay. Uh, it's commonly used in um, mathematics and uh, computer science and art. Uh, MC Escher is a, a famous Dutch painter kind of known as the godfather or the father of tessellation. He died in 1974. Uh, you've seen his paintings are very famous. Uh, in fact, when I first learned about Tesla over a year ago, uh, I actually met with a collector of MC Escher and uh, I bought four original lithographs, which is kind of a misnomer, but anyway, four lithographs and uh, figuring that Tesla is going to become so well known in the IT industry that uh, people will learn what tessellations are. Uh, they'll inevitably come across MC Escher, and the value of my paintings will skyrocket. So good ROI. Hey, you're all about the ROI, right? I'm going to get back to that as we get get into the conversation because you, you had done a lot of work on on ROI, and I'd love to see if you've done anything on Tessel. But tell me what it is. Like, what does Tessel do? So, so Tessel is a multi-cloud database as a service or DBAS. And it lets people run their uh, relational databases today, Oracle, SQL Server, MySQL, Postgres, lets them run uh, today in either Azure or AWS. More clouds are coming, uh, more databases are coming quickly. I think first up is MongoDB. So it lets people run their databases as a managed service in public cloud. Uh, and, and because of that, they're able to uh, dramatically cut down on database administration task, uh, patching, cloning, upgrading, and so on, as well as all these other kind of higher level capabilities that Tesla brings, like automated data masking and policy-driven self-service data access. Uh, it lets people bring their own accounts if they want, uh, their own tenancies. Tesla will manage their databases and their tenancies. Uh, so it brings all these kinds of, of kind of of data delight, uh, efficiency, disaster recovery, replication, uh, and, and, and multiple clouds. And, and really kind of, if you're familiar with AWS, I'm sure you are very familiar with AWS RDS, it's kind of along that model. But what Tesla does that's really cool is it utilizes 
uh, a patented technology around using the compute shapes in AWS and Azure with a local NVMe. And normally that storage is ephemeral, meaning that if your VM uh, rebooted or booted, you lose it. Yeah, you lose everything. Not, right. not ideal for databases. So that's Tesla's IP is, is making that storage durable uh, with guaranteed zero data loss. So now you can get literally millions of IOPS in AWS or Azure, but at a low uh, fixed cost price. Uh, Tesla does not charge for increased IOPS. So it's extraordinarily, you know, compelling value proposition. So you kind of answered my question, but I want to double click a little bit on it. So it's not a database. It's a database. It's a managed service of existing databases on top of your cloud provider. You kind of took me there. But so why would I use Tesla if I can use RDS or I can go use Azure SQL? What, why Tesla? Uh, there, there are several reasons. Um, you know, RDS and, and a lot of the other uh, DBASs do uh, what's called as undifferentiated data management. So that's the patching and the cloning, um, uh, you know, the upgrades and so on, backups, which is all great. Uh, but and it, and it saves you know all kinds of time and money. But Tesla goes beyond that to differentiated uh, data management. So again, including things like the ability to automatically uh, distribute on a self-service basis, sanitize data mass databases to UAT or to, to dev, uh, the ability to, to curate at a really granular level. You know, our developers uh, are provisioning 96 vCPU databases. It's killing us with our cloud bill. Uh, let's limit them to two vCPUs. So just click, click. And our folks in, uh, uh, you know, Romania, we want them to see four weeks of, of backups, but we don't want them to uh, be able to provision new uh, clones. So click, click, click. So you, you can do all these kinds of amazingly simple and high level uh, cloud curation capabilities. Uh, Tesla um, also lets them, like I mentioned, run in their own tenancy. If you go to uh, a, a cloud provider, DBAS, like AWS RDS, for example, you know, great solution, but you now have to use their network. So you have to conform to their governance policies, their security policies. So you may have years of work that you can't use anymore. The ability of Tesla to let customers bring their own cloud accounts, call it data at your terms. You know, now they can use their existing security policies, their existing IT governance. And other capabilities too. The 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 cloud provider DBASs typically don't let you do a native backup. Uh, you can do snapshots, but if, for example, you want to pull out of RDS, uh, you're running Oracle. You know you can't. Uh, but with Tesla, we of course we do back, uh, snapshots as well. But you can also do native backups. Uh, and 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 so at any time you could. Uh, go out of uh, AWS or Azure and go to any cloud provider or back on premises. If you don't want to use Tesla anymore, you could just uh, run natively. So it's got these kind of great flexibility options. If you need, if your software requires accessing the local drive or the root drive uh, with the authorized permission, you know, your users can do that through Tesla. Uh, they can, you can do continuous backups uh, uh, so that 
And then you, authorized users have their own capabilities to restore those backups. So if somebody needed to get to a, a database uh, from Sunday morning at 1.03 p.m. and seven seconds, they can go to there with just point and click and restore that entire database or clone it or do whatever they want to do with it. Uh, uh, and, and, and Tesla is amazingly simple and intuitive. It even embraces this concept of consumer-like apps called data apps. So availability machine is the app that lets users you know, restore down to the second or even the subsecond with Oracle databases. Uh, Dataflex is the app kind of for producers that lets them very easily, you know, uh, put in policies of who, what, when, where, uh, how, in, in terms of distributing access to databases. So it's really a whole new paradigm, a whole new way of approaching databases. And, and it's, you know, customers are, are loving it. We're, we're seeing some massively large organizations, you, you know, embracing Tesla that, that normally would not even consider a small company of the size. Let me ask you this. This is uh, it, it's a crazy scenario and um, probably a handful of customers, if any, are, are using something like this. But I'm, I'm curious to the capabilities. Can I stretch the database across multiple cloud providers? So instead of having, let's say you're doing availability um, with, with an RDS, for example, it's on AWS and across AZs within AWS. But can I have high availability with Tesla using SQL Server or any other of the database that are supported with nodes that are on AWS and nodes that are on Azure, but it's the same database? So basically, HA across multiple clouds. Uh, yeah. Well, first, let me uh, address one thing. You know, in terms of, again, the cloud provider DBASs, they don't allow multi-region, region, just multi-AZ. Multi-AZ. Today allows multi-region. Okay. Um, in terms of spanning across multiple clouds for active running of the databases, I'm not aware of that. Okay. Even on the roadmap, but in terms of replicating cross-cloud, that's absolutely on the roadmap. And uh, so, tell me a little bit about the regions then. So, the regions are typically not within synchronous replication. So. That's an asynchronous replica. So that would be essentially the same use case for a multi-region or multi-provider. You're still rep that's a replication, correct? Or can yes. you do HA across the regions? Yeah, basically, yes. Uh, not real-time HA, but but very very close for disaster recovery. Okay, so if I were to dig into your roots a little bit, um, I'm sure you've heard the conversations and the arguments of, you know, everyone right now is in cost optimization. Everyone's putting a focus on their cloud spend. And, you know, some people are making the case that they're going to get out of cloud. So in this environment, your company, Tesla, um, is bringing in another layer how are you coping? How are you selling this to a customer? And I know you're a numbers guy to where this makes sense. Like you're adding something. So is their bill going to go up? Are you saving from somewhere else? Like sell it to me. <laughs> no, it's a great question. Uh, you know, and, and I'll give you an example. Uh, the first TCO I did for Tesla uh, was with an organization. Uh, we we're speaking with them for about eight months. I think they're running all of their uh, databases, Oracle and others in, in AWS, and uh, very happy with it. 
but they're only able to do backups once a day uh, using Commvault, and that's only on their production databases. The other databases less frequently, meaning that if there was a disaster, if an, if a uh, availability zone went down, or uh, they got a virus, or a user made some terrible error, you know, any number of things, uh, they potentially could be down for eight hours and lose up to 23 hours of data. And they wanted to go to RDS, but again, the inability to access the local drive was a deal killer. And, and there were some other things as well that were, uh, uh, you know, that, that made it not a really great solution, but that was a deal killer. Uh, but anyway, the TCO show that with Tessel, they can move from unmanaged in cloud today to fully managed and all the advantages that brings. And not only for the, uh, for the, the DBAs and the administrators, but even for the developers because of the ability to spin up new clones on the, on the spot means that there will be less conflicts and so on. So, so they get all that, all the benefits of a fully managed service. Now they get true HA, uh, one-click disaster recovery, and con again, continuous backup all the time of all their databases. So they're getting all of that for less money than they're just spending today to run unmanaged in AWS. Uh, so yeah, that's the answer to your question is that. Um, so uh, when you're head to head with RDS or Azure SQL, you are less expensive is what you're telling me. Yeah, in this case it was less expensive even than unmanaged. That won't always be the case, but in this case it was. Uh, but all, yeah, it'll always be the case where we're less expensive than. And this is in the managed services option or even in the customer deployment option? Because I noticed I was browsing a little bit through the website. There are two options. There's the managed services where you're controlling the infrastructure and everything. And then there's, you can deploy it inside of virtual machines. So in both cases? In both cases. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the cost for the two is, is equivalent. It's really more a question of customer convenience and, and what they're trying to achieve. So is the software, like, what is the control plane? Like, um, how do how do we know, how is the control plane highly available so that, yes, you, you're, you're managing, you're offering a database as a service, but where does the control plane of Tesla live? Does, is that also distributed across multiple providers or is it in one? Uh, today it's in one, okay. but, but more will be coming. But more within the one, you have the multi-region, you know, backup and so on. And again, even in the very worst case, well, if it's in a customer's own tenancy, if for it's whatever reason they decided to get out of Tesla, they're just back running on managed is all. So you just simply remove the management layer. But if there are any, well, I guess it wouldn't matter for any of the custom features. They would just lose access to those custom features. Okay. Um, how do we know this company is going to be around? I mean, this company is essentially a startup. Who's back? Who's the VC? Who, who Who's backing it? How do we know it's going to be around in a year? Um, well, let me, let me tell you my story first. You know, when yeah. I left Nutanix, uh, I, I started advising uh, uh, startups and, and took on six clients. And, and Tesla was one of the six. And, you know, before joining Nutanix, I started and ran, sold a couple of businesses. So, yep. you know, I'm, I'm really... Um, uh, you know, I, I had the luxury of kind of doing what I wanted to do and, and not really looking to go back to work full time for anybody. Uh, but of the, and, and I think all six 
companies are great and they actually all have a chance of, of hitting uniform status. But man, Tesla is just something else. You know, when you come across uh, an organization that's going to, that brings such extraordinarily easily identifiable value to an existing space, uh, plus adding in all the simplicity, uh, you know, I just got to believe it's going to be very successful. And I know Lightspeed Ventures, uh, who's backing them, Lightspeed is one of the world's largest VCs and, and one of the most prestigious. Uh, they're backing them. The, the founding and senior partner of Lightspeed is on Tesla's board and is a personal advisor to the CEO. And, uh, you know, th th they've funded everything, uh, $34 million to start. Uh, and, and their belief in Tesla is so high as well. That makes me feel great. That validates uh, my belief uh, that, that this company is going to be extraordinary. So anyway, uh, I went back to work full time. Uh, I just couldn't resist the opportunity. That's awesome. Um, you're talking and I can't uh, can't stop thinking of acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why, but this just came to mind. I feel like Oracle Cloud could benefit maybe. Hmm. Could be interesting. I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to make a prediction. You never know. <laughs> you know, Tesla is a great Oracle partner. I don't know that Oracle necessarily looks at us that way yet, uh, but but they yet will. Yet's the keyword. Yet's the keyword. Well, you know the the thing that's really exciting about Tesla from an Oracle standpoint is is last July the CEOs of of Oracle uh, and and Microsoft jointly announced. Basically, uh, it's called Oracle Database Services for Microsoft Azure. Mm. Uh, and what it allows Azure customers to do is to run their Oracle databases in OCI using this connector, uh, and which is great. It's a great option. But, but not everybody wants to run you know, as big as multi-cloud is, and I'm a huge believer in it. Not everybody wants to run their applications separate from their databases. Sure. And, and, and so what Tesla lets customers do is move their Oracle to Azure and run them now with millions of IOPS and all the other advantages that Tesla brings and so on. Uh, so they can happily stay with Oracle. They don't need to migrate off of Oracle uh, and, and they can do it all in native Azure. So this has you know, made Microsoft actually uh, quite excited about Tesla as well. And, uh, we're doing a lot of work with them and, and, and getting some very nice introductions uh, into into organizations that that are interested in moving their Oracle databases to Azure. Very cool. So I'm going to ask you this question that um, feel free not to answer because I can understand that this could be kind of roadmap and maybe you don't want to talk a lot about it. But again, I think it's interesting. So AI is is all the hype right now. Um Generative AI, in particular, the Chat GPTs of the world, etc. And I've got to, I've got to think that there's something on Tesla's roadmap in terms of AI operations, let call, let's call them, so that I don't necessarily have to configure all of these things, but simply say what I want, or something with AI that Tesla is is maybe thinking about. Is there anything you can share? Can you tell me if it's roadmap? What do you think? Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on with AI. The one area that that I personally know about is, you know, let's go back to data masking. Today, a lot of data breaches out there, in fact, I, I think almost, almost all the data breaches come from secondary environments. Yep. You know, the, the 
the backups, the 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 clones of the production databases for test or UAT or so on, because people just don't pay as much attention to that. So with TESOL, you can automatically mask that data uh, using scripts. Uh, so you eliminate that 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 threat of a breach because if they then get into the the backup, the data is is meaningless to them. Um, but the AI portion now, what Tesla will be able to do is actually identify what that sensitive data is based upon, of course, different criteria, and then automatically mask it using the best masking scheme for that data for that organization. So that's an immediate, you know, great use case coming for AI. Very cool. I feel like um, what we're seeing today with AI is going to be significantly different than what we're going to see in the next six months or even in the next 12 months. I think there's going to be just leaps in terms of uh, capabilities, in terms of all of these tools, these clouds that are going to uh, embed these AI capabilities. So it's going to be a very different world, you know, six or 12 months from now in terms of uh, how these all of these things are, are using AI. So I think, I hope, <laughs> I hope it'll be exciting. I, I'm not looking forward to a Skynet, but, you know, properly used, let's just call it that way. What Agreed. did I miss about Tesla that folks should be aware of? Is there anything that I didn't ask or anything that you find that is uh, an additional differentiator? You talked a lot about it, but did I miss anything? You know, you had asked uh, some great questions. I don't think really that, that you've missed anything off the top. I guess the only, you know, just an observation I have, you know, being in the IT industry for a long, long time, and, you know, Citrix kind of being the first big product we evangelized. And back in those days, people probably didn't realize this, but we used to have PC administrators and, uh, you know, got a little bit of pushback. They didn't have a lot of power in organizations typically, so not a huge deal. Uh, VMware came along and, uh, you know, now you got to some, uh, server administrators that did have some more clout. I, re I remember in 2005, the biggest objection we would get is some uh, application administrator saying, you will never put my production server into a virtual machine. I've got some stories on that for you too. <laughs> I'm sure. So you got past that. And then we get to Nutanix. And now we get to the, the storage administrators. And those guys really have some more clout. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, so, and, and, and so we had to, to make a case that, look, you know, you guys are talented and smart. Uh, you're not going to be carving lens anymore or uh, expanding volumes or so on. But you can do all the stuff that actually is beneficial to the organization. So now you get to data. I mean, data is the lifeblood of organizations. And most people don't understand databases very well. You know, so you're relying on this core group of, of DBAs. And... And, 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 and these are very smart people and very capable, but a lot of them have been in their jobs 20, 30 years and, um, and they know it really well. And, and so one of the challenges that, that, that we have and that our channel partners have and so on is, is, is making the case for them. Look, things are going to change. You know, Tesla's automating this all today, but other people will catch up eventually sure. from that perspective. And, you know, what we're offering you the opportunity is, to transition from a DBA to a data engineer. And again, instead of doing these manual tasks of the cloning and the patching and the backups, things that are, are not very fun and not very rewarding, to now be able to, 
to use this data in exciting ways and really help the organization excel and then obviously help their own career as well. Um, but it's another, you know, sales pitch. Uh, it's pretty easy to go to the CIO and say, hey, we can give you 10 times the performance at half the cost of your existing, uh, you know, database provider. That's that's an easy sell. But but then we got to go to the, the DBA architectural team and, and also them sell them. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of a, a challenge, I think, that that we're working on and, and making great progress with, uh, wanting to align, though, with with uh, data administrators and, and and help them transition to, to data experts. Steve, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, I can spend another two hours talking about this. I'm a data geek, so I love this type of stuff. But I am going to put links to Tessel, to your LinkedIn profile. All of that is going to be in the show notes for folks that are interested, that want to reach out to Steve, that want to see a demo potentially. Um, I would love to see a demo at some point. Maybe I'll take that offline and, and we could set that up. I'd, I'd love to see kind of how it is. And maybe we could do something else where, you know, we can do another show, but we'll show how it works, like give it an actual demonstration. Maybe there'll be a, a part two or a follow-up uh, to this. We'll see what folks say in the comments and uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, at the end, thank you so much for making time. This was super informative and um, you'll have to come back again in the next, let's say, six months, see where you guys are at at that point. Sounds great. Thank you, Eli. You bet. Take care now. Take care.